D-S-N-Y. This is episode 102 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. And we had a pretty big week, Allison. We both went to live baseball games. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I just went to a AAA game, but still, it was epic. Yeah, and you got the video of the year. I just want to quickly explain that. Um, so for those who do not follow me on Twitter, which you should, uh, Luke Voigt is with Scranton and they were playing in Syracuse. So the Syracuse Mets farm, farm team was there and Luke Voigt was the leadoff batter. So the very first game, I was like, oh, it's opening day. So I assumed the game was during the day. It was not. It was at night. So I missed opening day. Oh. really sucky but i made up for it the next night uh so wednesday evening i went to the game luke Voigt was leading off playing first base super exciting he threw some balls to fans he was taking selfies with fans not like close selfies but socially distant selfies and there was this one guy there i found out his name is lloyd i've seen him at multiple games uh for the syracuse mets and he's a heckler He's a pretty good one. He's actually pretty hilarious. Um, not like in a bad way. He's not crude or anything. He just makes fun of people. And say, you say it like it's his career. Like he gets paid to show up to minor league baseball parks and heckle the players. I mean, maybe he does. I've only seen him at the Syracuse Stadium, but he comes to almost every game and everyone knew him. They were going up to him. They're like, hey, Lloyd, how are you doing? What? So regardless, uh, he was heckling Luke Voigt and was talking a ton of shit about him and literally just the perfect timing. I had this video camera on. He's literally right behind me and he goes, make me a believer. And instantly he hits a two run bomb. It was the funniest thing. I guess he's a believer now. Yeah, no, that was that was amazing. That's like one of those perfect life moments where, you know, I'm sure you weren't videotaping every single at bat of the game. You just happen to be videotaping this one at bat. You say, oh, Luke Voigt's up. Maybe he's going to do something here. You catch the the perfect heckler noise. Like it's so clear in the video. You can hear it so crisply that make me a believer. And then immediately Luke Voigt tank job. So freaking funny. It was just perfectly timed all the stars aligned at that moment and I was there with my friend I was going to go alone but she um, actually wanted to go to the game so I said hey absolutely I'd love to have some company yeah no I don't have to go alone anymore and people aren't going to be wandering around asking me you know what are you doing over there are you keeping a book by yourself at a baseball game (laughs) I didn't bring my book because I knew I was going with someone but normally I would have uh, so, yeah, I just happened to catch the perfect moment of uh, Yankees video. And, of course, everyone wants to see Luke Voigt hit home runs. So that was just ideal. And he's looking good down there defensively, too. He made some really, really nice scoops, which Mike Ford could not do today. Uh, but, listen, I think the guy's ready. Just give him a few more games, and I think he's going to be coming up next week. 
Yeah, I have never seen anybody look as healthy as the very few videos of Luke Voigt that I've seen. I've only seen a few. I've only seen the home run tapes, but I've never seen anybody look that healthy before. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's a little bit of the Jay Bruce factor, but maybe those Luke Voigt scoops were pretty normal. Maybe Mike Ford does make them. Maybe we're just so used to seeing Jay Bruce try to scoop balls at first base from the beginning of this year. that it's like literally any time a first baseman just does his job. It's like the geo effect with having Chase Headley and Miguel Andujar before Gio Urshela and all the defensive metrics say, oh, Gio Urshela, pretty average defensive third baseman. Uh, I don't know what they say this year and last year. They might be different. But when we first got him, they're like, oh, Gio, average defensive third baseman. But we're comparing him to Chase Headley and Miguel Andujar. So we're like, all right, what are you talking about? This is Matt Chapman. This is like Matt Chapman's defensive replacement. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I he had a couple of pretty impressive plays that were more than just the standard scoops, uh, which was really nice to see. He also uh, had a couple of hot shots to first base that he handled uh, quite cleanly. So I think he's looking good. And that was the first time he had played the field. Um, So I'm not sure if he played the field again tonight. I'll have to check uh, in the box score. I know that our good buddy, Charlie Ricker on Twitter was there. And so I got to see him too. We love Charlie. Awesome. We love yeah, Charlie. Charlie's great. And he posted some pictures he took with his, uh, his own personal camera, which was awesome. He did a great job. Uh, but other than that, you know, Miggy's down there. Uh, he was playing left field and he hit a home run. So that was good. Uh, interestingly enough, and I didn't study enough of the prospects this year, just because I was so focused on the major league team obviously. Plus the alternative site is just so weird. And like, it's, it's hard to gauge like what's actually happening down there. Um, but last night in center field, Ryan Lamar was playing, uh, he, that's a spring training deep cut. (laughs) Yep. So he made a, uh, an amazing catch, amazing catch in center field. And I was like, he reminds me of Brett Gardner, which for me is great. But for other people, they're like, ew, no, oh, but listen, guy's fast, and uh, I don't think he's quite found his swing yet, but it's only been two games. Still, he looked good out there, too. I was like, Brett Gardner took a beating this week. He didn't He didn't come through in some pretty major spots uh, with the bases loaded. A tough, tough week for Brett Gardner. He took a beating tough, out there. Tough, tough week. I think he needs to start growing his mustache. Yeah, I mean, Mike Ford's mustache saved the Yankees, so maybe Brett Gardner growing a mustache can save Brett Gardner. Uh, not that we really need Brett Gardner saved because we really need Clint Frazier saved. Agreed. Uh, he did hit a home run. He had a two-run shot. But still, I, I don't know what's going on out there. I, to be honest, I don't know what's really going on in the outfield. Uh, if we're going around, uh, if we're going around the horn there, uh, you got Aaron Judge in right field, who has he made a nice diving catch today, but he's either on or he's totally off at the plate. You just don't really know what you're going to get that day. Um, you got Aaron Hicks, who quite literally has been doing absolutely nothing until today. He got a couple of cheapy hits, but still, he got some hits. Um, and then you got the left field position. Brett Gardner can't hit. And Clint Frazier seems to not be able to hit. And he's making some nice defensive plays. It's the opposite of what we talked about last year. uh, I still worry about him defensively, though. I do. 
I yeah, feel it's, like- it's what we talked about last week, whereas, you know, a year ago it was, God, Clint Frazier, so good with the bat and just can't field at all. Just no right. sense of the position. And this year it's the exact opposite, which is just, I mean, I think I'd rather, I'd rather trade his defensive ability for his offensive ability again. If we had mm-hmm. to, if we have to pick one, if that's what it's going to be, Clint Frazier is either going to be good on offense or good on defense. Give me good on offense. I'd rather have good offensive Clint Frazier because that's more fun to watch. And I don't know. It's just, it's not looking good for Clint right now. I know. And I can agree to that too. I would much rather see the the quickest hands in the game actually make contact with the ball. Uh, but sorry, we just jumped into things. Your live game experience. Talk about it. Let's yes. talk. Yes. The first time I've been in Yankee stadium since 2019. Uh, you know, it was actually, it was kind of a last minute thing. I got fully vaccinated uh, last Sunday. So I'm just looking to celebrate, do a little something fun. I happen to notice that the Houston Astros are coming into town with fans for the first time since 2019, since the sign stealing scandal broke. So I'm a little bit excited about that. I text all my high school friends. All right, let's go to the game. And oh boy, was Yankee stadium jumping with what was 25% capacity, barely anybody there, but Oh my God, could you hear every single person? Just all game, fuck Altuve chants. And there were some mean ones about Yuli Gurriel that I'm not going to repeat on the podcast. Uh, Correa got it bad. And uh, obviously the Yankees won, uh, which was great. You know, you can't really do all that and then lose the game. Uh, we win the series two, two out of three. I know I was kind of hoping for the sweep because with that last game loss, there's kind of that feeling like, oh, well, now on getaway day, Carlos Correa can sit down in front of the media and say, well, we did our job today. We, we just didn't let the Bronx get to us. Like, shut up. You lost two or three, Carlos. I just assume that's what he said. I don't, I don't, I didn't see his post-game press conference. Yeah, probably for sure. I, yeah. Cause I don't care about Carlos Correa's post-game press conference, but I'm assuming he said something like that today. Um, but no, it was just, it was amazing to just be out there and, and feel the ballpark air and have a couple beers. I got a chicken bucket eight tenders and a pound of fries. I did not finish it. I was just, I was feeling really, really confident in myself when I, when I got that chicken bucket and, you know, a quarter of the way into it, not so confident anymore. Didn't work out as well, but it was definitely worth the purchase. And it was just, it was nice to be out there again. It was just, it was really nice to be in Yankee stadium. Absolutely. No, that's amazing. And I'm so glad you got the opportunity to do that, especially in such a big series. And Quite honestly, in the actual positioning of baseball, it's not a big series, but for the Yankees and just everything they've been holding in for the past year, it was a huge, huge series. And I actually listened to the first game on the radio. So I was listening to John and Susan, of course, our BFFs, and they were hilarious. They we're trying to tell us about every single person in the crowd that was doing something with a trash can <laughs> or dressed up as Oscar the Grouch or holding a sign. They're like, did you see this sign that said this? They were loving it. And I could hear, I could barely hear them because I could hear just the crowd over everyone else. And that was incredible. It really brought back memories of when we could actually go to a stadium and not have to sit, you know, six feet away from each other. So absolutely, if we, if we had full capacity, it would Yankee stadium would have a crack in its foundation right now. It was, I have to imagine that it would have been even louder than the Didi Gregorius three run Homer. 
at the at the wild card game, which I was sitting in like the 400 sections for that. I thought that it was just going to collapse. I thought Yankee Stadium was going to fold in on itself because of how loud the D.D. Gregorius three-run home run got. And now looking back at the Astros series, just listening to 25% capacity and just like feeling like I was just at the ballpark like regular. Like just imagine if there was 100% of the people there, no masks, everybody just drunk off their asses classic Yankee fans. It would have been a disaster. It would have been a, a honestly, probably a health, a health hazard, a true danger oh, to sure. society. For sure. I can only imagine what the sound would actually be like, but I have to say you all that were at the stadium this week did a pretty freaking awesome job of representing. Yes. So thank you from all of us that could not make it. And all of us that were cut out due to capacity, whatever reason, Thank you for yes, making you're some welcome. noise and really, really pissing off the Houston Astros. Absolutely. Yeah, those the costumes are great, too. I heard the Oscar the Grouch costume got confiscated. I heard they took that one away. Uh, but, I you did know, hear that as well. Yeah, walking in, there was, a, there was a guy who went through the the whole effort of like, you know, like those thick recycling bins, like the really thick ones. Yeah. He went through the effort of cutting a hole, a head hole and arm holes, but that an entire trash can, just the thickest thing ever. There's no way he got that into the stadium. So I don't know how he got, I don't know how he did it, but he just had a full trash can and he had a trash can hat on and everybody was wearing their trash stores shirts. And there was an inflatable trash can that was also confiscated. And the signs were awesome. The chants were awesome. And it's just, it was, it was an incredible experience to just watch everybody kind of, kind of let their anger out. Let's just say it. it's, it's been building and you know, we needed, we needed this. I know the Yankees players are probably at this point over it. And to be honest, after this series, I think I'm ready to move on from it. I think I'm like, all right, we got our licks in, like I'm good to just go on to beating them in the postseason. Like that's the next step for me, beat them in the postseason, win a world series. And then this, it's over. It's quashed. The beef is the beef is over. I mean, for all those complaining that the Yankees shouldn't be the ones ridiculing and yelling and booing the Astros because it didn't affect them, it did affect them, if you recall properly. It definitely affected them. So, yeah, they have people have a reason to be upset, and Rob Manfred did not punish them. So the fans are like, we have to hold, we have to hold it accountable. We have to hold them accountable for their actions. So Aaron judge lost an MVP award and he, I yep, mean, he, let's yep, be honest, he yep. should have won it anyway. You know, he had was, all of the numbers. I was looking at the numbers again before the series started. And I just, I was in awe. I'm looking at it. There's only two categories of the major categories and even some of the minor categories that Jose Altuve was ahead in air of Aaron judge. He made more only, contact. That's it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I just still don't understand why. No, it was that, that was so bad. Aaron Judge should have won outright. And then to also have the sign stealing thing break out. And also, I don't I don't remember who it was. A verified account today um, talking about how Jose Altuve didn't have the standing in the clubhouse to stop the sign stealing scandal. Like who did? Who did have the authority? Because Jose I mean, Altuve was the leader of that team. And AJ Hinch, he said, well, I, I broke a TV monitor that one time. So I think I made my message clear. And then it just continued. Like, who? Point me in the direction of the person who had the authority to shut this down. Because according Jerry to Jones. the Astros. Jerry Jones. Yeah. It had to be. I mean, according to the Astros, literally nobody had the authority to shut down sign stealing. It's 
It's absurd. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. Whatever. Whatever. We're we're past it. We're beyond it because we took two or three of the series. We got our licks in. We got our chance in. We're good to go. And I think that we have to move on to Giancarlo Stanton, who is just the hottest hitter in all of baseball. And just two weeks ago, Yankee fans were booing him. Obviously, we weren't because we're smart people. We know how good Giancarlo Stanton is. And over the last two weeks, I think he's on like a 13-game hitting streak now, something like that, hitting home runs every single day. Like, this is absurd. He looks so comfortable at the plate and he looks so confident. And I think that's a huge thing. And watching him today, so I was watching all of his at-bats, he quite literally puts nothing behind his swing. And yet these balls are coming off his bat at 117 plus miles an hour. How? He's just the strongest human alive. That has to be the answer. There's nobody on earth that is stronger than Giancarlo Stan. Right. He has been on an absolute tear. And I have to say, like, I really don't think there's any way to defend him. Do you want to stand close at third base when Giancarlo Stan is up to bat? Because he might rip your face off. I would quit. I would quit. I I am on record multiple times saying if I was asked to play third base against John Carlos Stanton or pitch, I wouldn't pitch to John Carlos right. Stanton either. At least if I'm on the mound, I can, you know, intentionally walk him, not intentionally, but I'm not going to throw him anything that he could reach with a boat or nothing remotely close. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not looking for 120 miles per hour coming back up the middle. That's not something I'm interested in. And I'm just <laughs> I remember one time last year, the defensive situation called for them to play uh, infield in on Giancarlo Stanton. I'm not that third baseman. That's not me. Mm-mm. You could pay me. You could pay me Giancarlo Stanton's contract. <laughs> yeah. Give me Giancarlo Stanton's contract. I'll turn it down. If he's the one at the plate and I'm playing infield in at third base, I'm not going to do it. I won't. I refuse. That it is just absurd to watch him. He's just inhumanly talented and strong. Uh, clearly this off season, as we have discussed, he did a lot more yoga and things like that, but it seems Seems to be working. <laughs> he did yeah, something right. It's, it's nice to have him in a in a DH only capacity too. We're not messing around with him in the field where you know you're just you're begging for injuries at this point. We've tried it. John Carlos Stanton in the field is just not working out because he's getting hurt too much. We need him at the plate. We don't give a shit about him in left field. We have other left fielders who can play out there. And it's not like we're it's not like we have somebody on the bench who's just begging for a shot at DH. Like what if that not DH, even close? The yeah. only only thing I could see is if is when Luke Voigt comes back, getting him off his feet a little bit and giving him the opportunity to be a DH instead of just playing first base every day. That's yeah, the only I, maybe option maybe I could a see. little bit, yeah, and maybe you can get Gary Sanchez some extra at bats at DH. Uh, but it's I think it's also worth mentioning that you know we've seen hitting streaks before, and a lot of times a hitting streak is saved by like some bloop single that just falls over the first baseman's head, like. That's not what Giancarlo's hitting streak is. He's hitting every ball 100 miles per hour. It's not just that he's he's getting really lucky. The Babbitt gods are in his favor. He is hitting the shit out of the ball. I've never mm-hmm. seen anybody. And obviously, we've never seen anybody hit the ball this hard because Giancarlo Stanton, his name is just all over the top exit velo list. It's just him, Aaron Judge, and Gary oh, Sanchez. Yeah. There's nobody else on that list. 
And it's, oh, it's unbelievable. And I'm enjoying every second of it for every tweet I've ever sent defending Giancarlo Stanton for people who didn't realize when he came over from the Marlins that, yeah, this is a guy who's going to go on some cold streaks and he's getting it on some hot streaks. You just don't know about the cold streaks because the only time you see him while he's playing for Miami is when he's on an ESPN highlight reel. And that's pretty fairly one of the hot streaks. I don't think ESPN is going to run a highlight reel of Giancarlo Stanton striking out three times in two days. Like It's just not something they're going to do. So nobody like expected that when they came over, they just expected him to hit 60 home runs and hit a hundred mile per hour single every other time he plays. Cause Yankee fans always have wild expectations for highly paid players. And it's just also DJ is not catching any of that heat this year. He's getting none of that. He gets the big contract. Nobody's hating on DJ. Plus, I mean, the other thing looking at John Carlos Stanton is the fact that he's doing all of this from the two hole. Why yeah, was switching... he put there? Aaron Boone was like, I don't know. I just kind of felt like it. Yeah, the Yankees yeah. offense, it wasn't doing anything. We need to change something up. A lot of people were at the point where they were suggesting lineup out of a hat, which is one of those ideas. Like I th- if I was a manager and my offense was not playing well, I think I would try lineup out of a hat uh, just to like, let's get some one day magic yeah. and turn it around. But he just switches John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. What a luxury. What a luxury right. to be able to flip those guys in the lineup. And obviously Aaron Judge not really having all that much success this year, uh, at least this week. But John Carlos Stanton, ever since he switched the two spot, I mean, he's been he's been the John Carlos Stanton that was expected of Yankee fans, which is unreal because their expectations when we got him from Miami were just unrealistically high. Right. Absolutely. I am so impressed right now with him. And the other thing too, that I was thinking today is Giancarlo Stan is got right now. He's just in God mode. He's just inhuman. Nobody can seem to get, he strikes out occasionally. He will ground into a double play. Things like that happen. But the way he's hitting the ball is super impressive, but not only that, Usually teams have like one guy who's, you know, hot at one time. And I want to talk about Aroldis Chapman again, because you have these two on the team. John Carlos Stanton literally told reporters if he had to face Aroldis Chapman right now, he's like, I would go back in the dugout. (laughs) No way. Yeah, I mean, Aroldis Chapman, and it's not even, you know, the splitter plays a big part in it, but it's, it's the fastball control. It's the fastball velocity. He's. You know, we haven't really seen him at 101, 102 all that often in the past couple of years. And we're seeing that now. And you saw him uh, yesterday against the Astros dotting up 101 on the black right on the corner. Like, oh, my word. Like, I, you could know that pitch is coming and still not hit it. It's just impossible. And then you also have to play off the slider and now the splitter. It's just it's too much. It's too much to deal with with the Rollins Chapman. And we've said this a number of times that if you can identify that Aroldis Chapman isn't throwing one of his two pitches well in the past, then you can really gear in on the fastball or gear in on the slider. Uh, That Jose Altuve home run, everybody in the world knew that the slider was coming because he lost three straight fastballs high and away. But now that you add that splitter, there's that extra layer of, well, he's got another pitch he can go to, and it goes the other way. So I have to cover down and away, and I have to cover high and in in case he throws the fastball again. It's it's not possible. It's just not possible to hit Aroldis Chapman right now. Yeah, I am so, so impressed. I feel like it's been so long since there really has been such a such a dominant duo. I mean, obviously, things can change super quickly. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, his last two at-bats, uh, Giancarlo had a strikeout, and he grounded into a double play to end the game. 
you know, things happen and stuff like that. But right now, this very moment, I am enjoying the fact that Giancarlo Stanton is carrying the offense after all the shit the Yankee fans put him through. And Aroldis Chapman is finally becoming the reliever that we're like, this is what we were kind of expecting. You know, we wanted him to throw hard and we wanted him to get all the strikeouts and he just has not been able to do that. But now I'm okay with it. This is a beautiful moment. I'm going to enjoy this for as long as it lasts. Yeah. And, and Chapman's another John Carlos Stanton situation where there's a little bit of, you know, this guy has a reputation. So you expect him to come over and strike literally everybody who steps out, out in the box. Right. And that's just, that's not baseball. That's not how baseball works. People get hits. That doesn't mean that damage is going to come of it. Aroldis well, Chapman is going to give up home runs. It is what it is. But right now, he's not doing any of that. And I, uh, this is the point where those expectations are being met, where I am legitimately surprised if somebody manages to put wood on a, uh, an Aroldis Chapman pitch. If someone, not even a hit, just if someone manages to foul tip one, it's like, it's like unbelievable. How dare you? How honestly dare you even consider putting lumber on this baseball i am so very happy also a little sad so are you sad well i, I have you. another happy thing i'm trying we're, to tell you we're, we're okay. trying to be happy we have more happy stuff okay you want to keep talking happy uh glaber torres with the best base running of the century <laughs> that was so funny that was i was listening on the radio for that one uh i had to i had to help my aunt move couch today so i was all radio today and i just heard listening to john starling but he's still going he's still going so i watched i don't know if you saw um josie mcfly's uh video but that was by far, and I know everyone loves his reaction video of Rafael Devers' home run. That might have been my new favorite video. He <laughs> literally is watching this happen and starts yelling at him. He's like, where the fuck are you? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that live so reaction stuff. That's like, it's amazing. Funny. You can't because you can't predict that play. You can't predict Glaber Torres making it to second base, realizing mid stride that nobody's at third base, and then just going for it, and then realizing mid stride again that nobody's at home, and he just keeps going. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, no one was at home, but also he quite literally sized up the catcher and was like, "Yeah, I got you," and guy. just went, <laughs> <laughs> just turned on the Jets. So that was absolutely incredible made me so so happy especially for glaber because i know he's made some base running blunders in the past and seeing that today just the intense focus on it all plus being against the astros plus watching carlos correa be an idiot and just bobble the ball and then stand there and be like oh i should throw it back to the pitcher it's okay he can have third base oh he's going home no one to throw it to pretty friggin' funny they I did love that it. with with Gio Urshela too they just lackadaisically got the ball back in from the infield and Gio was like, sure, I'll take second base too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was so much fun to watch today. I definitely enjoyed that. And I just want to let you know that um, I should have been at the Syracuse game tonight. Uh, Miguel Andujar just had a two run home run. I think did Luke Voigt Homer tonight too. Uh, I didn't see, but I can tell you Andujar hit it off of former Yankees reliever, Stephen Tarpley. Uh, I liked Stephen Tarpley a lot. He had yeah. good stuff. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't that good. But well, he, he just stuff. gave up seven runs. So um, that's <laughs> yeah, maybe good. maybe not that good. Oh, did you see? This is off topic. Did you see the Milwaukee Brewers called up one of their pitching prospects 
first major league start and they let him die out there for 11 earned runs. It's just, that's so, that's so damaging <laughs> your first MLB start. And it's like, it's one thing to like give up five or six runs and get pulled. Like, all right, it was your first start. You didn't have your stuff today. It is what it is. They just left them out there. They're like, all right, we're going to lose this game. So go throw a hundred pitches. Let them just let them tee off on you. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. It was so bad. I wish I remembered his name. Uh, but the other thing that I wanted to mention, uh, that's a happy thing before we get to the sad stuff. Okay, sure. The Yankees starting pitching coming in today. I don't know. I don't know if it's still accurate. Had the lowest team ERA in the American League. Second lowest in the league to the San Diego Padres. Who would have guessed that the Yankees pitching staff would be this good. Actually, I know who would have guessed. Max Greenfield literally said on this very podcast, the Yankees might have the best rotation in the American League. So I guess Max is right again. I would like to say, I would like to credit my negativity for this this sudden outburst. I would like to credit it just a little bit because I am never, ever negative. I'm always way too optimistic. I was super negative last week and things changed and things look really good. So I just want to say, I think they listened and they knew they were upsetting me and things happened. Corey Kluber decided to be Corey Kluber again. That was awesome. Corey Kluber is, I mean, he's matching up with Max Scherzer this week too. That's going to be a great matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, his changeup specifically. This weekend, he threw his changeup more than he's ever thrown it and got the most strikeouts he's ever gotten on his changeup. Filthy pitch if he's going to keep throwing that. And it's just, oh, man, Corey Kluber looks like the two-starter we needed. It looks because we were waiting for that guy to between him and Jameson Tyone before the season. We're saying just one of these guys be part of what you were when you were at your best. And we're going to be totally fine all year. Tyone's looked pretty good. And Corey Kluber over the last couple of weeks has been nasty. Absolutely. I have certainly enjoyed watching him now. And instead of him coming up and me saying, wow, this must be a loss. I am somewhat confident. I don't want to say too confident because you just don't know. He could have a bad day, but I like what I'm seeing. And I do believe there were a couple of awards. Um, Was Corey Kluber the pitcher of the week? I think so. I Corey think so because I know he AL, got he got two starts. Uh, AL last pitcher week. of the week, um, two and zero oh in those two starts, mm-hmm. and then Garrett Cole and Jacob Degrom. We have to give him credit where credit is yeah, due. Yeah, Jacob Degrom gets they, enough credit. <laughs> yeah, but he's also New York, so it's really nice that both April pitchers of the month were from New York. Yes, New York pitching is elite right now. Tell your friends. Who would have guessed? Your family. It wasn't even it wasn't even Garrett Cole either. Garrett Cole, you know, Corey Kluber doesn't have that same Garrett Cole effect where you're like, no matter what, we're going to win this game today because it's Garrett Cole. Although that's not what happened today. Uh, But we're just going to we're just going to brush on past that. But he has Chad. Yeah, he has a little trouble. (laughs) He has that feel that it's like, all right, he's on the mound today. We're probably going to win this game. Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyone, they don't have that feel yet. I'm getting there with Corey Kluber. If he has one more start, like his last couple starts, I'm going to be at that point where I'm like, all right, Corey Kluber's on the mound today. We're nasty. Let's go. Let's go get a W. Jamison Tyone, he's getting there. The results aren't there yet, but the stuff is there. He's getting there. I'm a little more confident. And then 
looking at the back end, you're like Jordan Montgomery, Domingo Herman. I feel pretty good about our chances. If the offense shows up today, I, Jordan Montgomery, he's a, he's a quality start machine, six innings, three runs. We're good for that. We're good for that on offense. I like it. Oh no, James. Oh no. Oh, no. I made a mistake. Oh no. Davey Garcia is pitching tonight. <laughs> oh no. Oh, you missed a Miguel Andujar home run. You missed a Davey Garcia start. Oh no. All to record a podcast. Oh, who am I? Do I not pay attention? <laughs> oh. oh no, Davey. Got to check the probable starters. You got to know the rotation, Allison. Oh my God. It's so freaking hard because it's just hard. And Derek Dietrich was the uh, Taco Bell K man last night. Do you know what that is? I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that before. Uh, so they pick a Taco Bell K-man from the opposing team. And it's usually the person that has the highest batting average or is the hottest. And basically, if he strikes out, you get free tacos. Oh, I like that yeah. promotion. Yeah. But anyway, he was the K-man. He struck out in, at bat number one. So, so everyone eh, got free that. tacos. So, yes, we got free tacos. And uh, Luke Voigt did not homer tonight because he didn't play. Oh, that makes sense. I must have been looking so, at yesterday. Given the day off, this makes sense. But yeah, I am ashamed of myself. I think I'm going to probably put myself in timeout because that's bad. Yeah. That is so bad. Yeah, I don't you're know gonna how You're going to get dragged for that when the podcast drops. Ah, shoot. Missing a Davey Garcia start. How dare you? How dare mm. you, Allison? <sighs> I'm so <laughs> mad at my... I'm so angry. Well, it's, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of chances to see Davey Garcia in AAA because we know Listen, he's going to be in the major leagues and you're all the way up there in, in Bumblefuck, New York. And, you know, when are you going to get to see Davey Garcia again? He might get called up this week. Who knows? Stop trying to make me feel worse about myself. I'm already so mad at myself, but I did get to see Adam Warren pitch uh, last oh, night. We love Adam Warren. Did pretty well. And immediately I go to my friend. Cause she, she understands baseball a little bit, but she doesn't quite to, you know, she's not, she's not like us. Right. Exactly. So I had to explain to her all about Adam Warren's journey and such. And I said, wait, I have a picture with him scrolls all the way through my pictures. And I'm like, <laughs> look, and she goes, is that the same guy? I said, yes, I promise. Like, I know it's the same guy, but I do have a nice picture with Adam Warren. Really good to see him last night. It kind of made my heart melt a little bit. Yeah, that's that's the baseball media experience that I always forget about, uh, that the things that we care about so ridiculously deeply, like our friends just don't give two shits about. And then I had one of those experiences walking up to our seats. I was like going on a rant about I can't even remember what it was, but it was like a, a really deep rant about advanced stats and and somebody's numbers. And I could just watch. It was like I was speaking in theoretical physics to a couple of my friends and I was like, okay, I, I know you guys aren't really huge baseball fans. So I, I feel bad now. Right. I had to describe like certain plays and, you know, she was like, someone went to like go for a bunt. I think it was Kyle Holder. Um, and, you know, pulled back. She goes, Ooh, that seems like, that seems a little dangerous. I said, trust me, bunting is the scariest thing in the world. I said, but you never want to put your face out that close. When it works out perfectly, it is also the most beautiful thing in the game. So, you know, it's it's kind of high risk, high reward. Like either you get hit in the face or you actually Max Scherzer get hit. got hit in the face. Shouldn't have been so lackadaisical during bunting practice. And 
not bunting, but this week, didn't Bryce Harper get hit in the face? He did with a 97 mile per hour fastball. Also, I'm yeah, pretty sure he's just happened. back in the lineup already. I think he's just fine. <laughs> yeah, he's just fine. John Carlos Stanton like had his entire right brain rearranged, and <laughs> and now he wears now he wears the whole mask right. over the over the face, mm. which everyone should wear. That's pitchers are throwing 100 miles per hour. Everybody should have to wear the helmets that go over your face because it's dangerous as fuck. Um, yeah, I Bryce think. Harper was fine. And that's that's really scary, especially, you know, I saw that the, the pitcher who hit him uh, sent him a message after the game just being like, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, that was obviously yeah. not intentional. Uh, just trying to make sure he was OK, because that's scary. That's really scary, oh, yeah. man. Ninety seven is so many miles per hour. Oh, absolutely. That is terrifying. I can't even imagine. And that was the big reason why I didn't want to play softball in varsity because I was afraid of getting hit. I was like, yeah, no, no, thanks. Not interested. Yeah, don't uh, want that. Yeah, I took I took 80 something to the ribs one time and I was like, no, nah, I think I'm going to stand in the back of the box now. Like the guy, like the kid in rookie of the year, like just crouch down all the way in the corner of the box or maybe like the bench warmers get Howie with the sword. Like I'm not I'm not here to swing. Just walk me. Let me let me take that my is walk. My all time favorite. That's my favorite baseball. Like stupid movie. <laughs> I have, you know, we have these lists of baseball movies that we absolutely love. That is my favorite. Absolutely dumb baseball movie. Yeah, so good. So dumb. So ridiculously stupid, and it's just awesome. <laughs> um. So I do. I do have to mention a couple sad things. Yes. Um, not too Let's many. Bring everybody down. Terrible. Right. Let's um, bring the listeners down. Uh, so obviously, uh, Odor scored the other night. However, he that was scary. That was terrifying. Terrifying. Just um, he basically got his leg caught in between. Um, was it who was catching? Was it Maldonado? Mar- it was, yeah, it was Martin Maldonado. And I, I was all the way up in the four hundreds, and I could I couldn't really see you know, exactly yeah. what happened. I just saw a collision at home plate and then they were both on the ground. Like Maldonado was on the ground for so long. I honestly yeah. thought he was severely injured. Well, you know, the way it worked out, obviously, like he had his leg basically hyper, he probably hyperextended the knee. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And they were giving him an MRI. They put him on the, um, the IL of course, but it was a lot scarier than I think it was, but he basically had his knee wrapped or Maldonado had his arm wrapped around like the leg and just it, it was just ugly, ugly, ugly all around. That's a shame because so, Odor has been so good for us. Exactly. Exactly. And another casualty. Um, we don't know if it's an IL stint yet, but Gio Urshela is currently um in the MRI room as well. Yeah. I actually so. I think I saw that they pulled Kyle Holder from today's uh triple A game. Uh, so maybe uh-huh. Kyle Holder is going to be the guy who gets the call. If I have to imagine that it's a Miguel Andujar option situation where he only has like one left. So you have to either DFA him or what? Because I can't imagine they're choosing Kyle Holder over well, Miguel Andujar. He's had, I just read on Twitter about his uh, recent hot streak at the plate. So, okay. Okay. You know, it's, do you take a chance with that? I don't. No, I don't think so. But all I know is that Gio Urshela got hurt today, I believe, diving for a ball. Um, that's kind of what it looked like. Uh, and unfortunately, our good friend Mike Ford was unable to scoop. So it was not an out either, which makes it even worse. But even worse. Yeah. Poor he Gio. looked like he Gio was a little shaky better. after that. 
he'll get better. He'll, he'll be fine. Gio, Gio has been the most consistent Yankee this year, like by far. It's not even close. Yeah. I would I would honestly say even more consistent than Garrett Cole so far this year. Gio Urshela has just been every single day in the lineup doing damage. Absolutely. Um, I also do want to mention um, on a positive note, one of the things I really noticed about the Yankees in this, especially this past series, but this season as well, and specifically with Giancarlo Stanton, he can definitely hit those 117 mile an hour. I just keep using 117. Cause that's, what he, like that's that, what he hit yesterday. Or uh, that was the hardest why. one. Um, I don't remember if it was yesterday or Monday or Tuesday. Uh, whatever day the game I went to was that he hit one, a double that went all the way to the wall on like one hop. And I was like, I think that was the 117 mile per hour on opposite field too. Just so strong. So strong. All I know is that he's been hitting those just complete lasers, but at the same time, he's been hitting like 70 mile an hour grounders right through the shift. And it is the most beautiful thing. I feel like the Yankees are actually utilizing the shift now. And it's so much fun to watch because I've seen so many singles through the right side and it just kills me every time because I'm like, you shouldn't be shifting. And <laughs> the if shift giveth and the shift position, take it. It is good. They're actually doing situational hitting, which is something I feel like we haven't seen in a very, very long time. And I feel like that's a good way for players like Aaron Hicks potentially to get out of the slump is just to utilize, get a couple hits, you know, kind of work your way up to it. But I really like what I'm seeing with them uh, when they're being shifted on. They're doing a really good job of still finding the holes and finding a way through. So I'm okay with it. The Yankees are killing it. That's, that's what we're coming to last week. I said, the Yankees were so back. You said you weren't quite sure yet. And here we are quite sure. Still, yeah, okay, yeah. Keep that, keep that energy to keep them humble. Keep them humble. Keep them working. Mm-hmm. But the Yankee, I'm, I'm all in. The Yankees are so back. It's, it's ridiculous how back the Yankees are. I mean, the Houston series, Detroit series. Um, you know, you split with Baltimore. You win three of four against Cleveland. Uh, we're over 500. We're back. We're gunning for the Red Sox. The Red Sox lost to Detroit too, so that's not good for them. Uh, I, I am so confident in the Yankee season again. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, even I was getting to the point where I was like, all right, I'm getting like a little bit worried. Not that I think the Yankees are in any danger of missing the playoffs or anything. More like I'm getting a little worried that we're going to come down to a pretty tight division race and we might find ourselves in the wild card again against either Tampa or Toronto, both teams playing, you know, pretty well, better than the Yankees were playing. Uh, but now, now that's all in the past. The Yankees are going to win the division. It's going to be no problem whatsoever. We're going to get Luis Severino back soon. He's going to be throwing to live hitters next week. That's exciting. Ah, how exciting. And, and is that every- a good enough response for you? Is that good? Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent. That's all the excitement I was looking for. Um, we are, you know, the Yankees are almost totally back. I think Luis Severino is that one guy. And I guess Zach Burton too, but his IL stint hasn't been two years long. Uh, or once we get Luis Severino back, it's like, all right, the Yankees are fully healthy. This is the roster that we saw on paper. And this is, you know, this is the championship roster. Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyone, whoever wants to take that three spot. And then Jordan Montgomery in the four spot. That's your playoff rotation right there. I feel so good about that. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, things are good. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Uh, you have anything else for the Yankees? 
Uh, not for the Yankees. No, I just wish Brett Gardner would snap out of it and hit his first home run so I could record a video, but whatever. Of course, you de- no guardy parties yet this year. Got to get that Mm-mm, rolling. No guardy parties. Um, guardy singles, which are great. But yeah, it's nice, but it's not video worthy. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's not video worthy. Uh, okay, just a couple things around the league then. I want to say shout out Max Scherzer. He threw a complete game and then rushed to the hospital and had a kid. So that's pretty awesome. That's a good day at the office. Super dad. Super dad. Yeah, his third kid. And also today, Albert Pujols, DFA'd by the Los Angeles Angels. And I don't foresee anybody being interested in picking him up because he's really not that good anymore. And Meg Rowley, uh, she's an editor for Fangraphs, tweeted out that if you remember when Albert Pujols was good, then you're pretty old. And I feel really old because I remember when Albert Pujols was like the greatest hitter of all time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I, I feel terrible for him. Obviously, you it's not the way you him. want to go out. It's it's also the final year on his contract. It's but he still gets paid. I'm not worried about it. Albert Pujols has made plenty of money. I uh, know, but I'm, like I'm maybe worried. he would hang up the cleats, be like, OK, this deal's over. Like, I'm not going to search for a one year deal. Maybe, but I mean, I'm just like imagining around the team, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe the Cardinals over the summer, if somebody gets hurt, they're like, let's bring Albert Pujols back. Like, I just can't, I can't picture a team that right now today is on the phone with the Los Angeles Angels saying, we're willing to do a waiver trade with you for Albert Pujols. I just, I can't picture that. Cause if you're a team that's in any way in contention, what do you need? It's gotta a be de- a team that's not in contention. Yeah, and, and you know Albert Pujols was he going to finish his career with like the Diamondbacks? That would suck. <laughs> hey, but at least he gets to finish his career and he's respected. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's great career, not the way you want it to end. Obviously, uh, ending as a as a DH who's not even a league average hitter. That's definitely not the ideal way for a career to end. But also, it's kind of on Albert because he told everyone he's forty one, and there's no way he's anything less than fifty. I mean, Albert Pujols is so old. He is. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to believe. <laughs> I love that. That's just like a widely accepted, like it started as a conspiracy theory and now it's just a widely accepted truth. Like, yeah, Albert Pujols absolutely lied about his age. He is approaching 50 right now. There's no way he's only 41. <laughs> hey, I don't know. All I know is the man has been around forever. Like, I don't know if I know baseball without him. Yeah. And that's, you know, another part of our childhood, like the, the Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera, like those were the only guys I knew with the Yankees for my entire life. And I mean, Derek Jeter was the Yankee shortstop in 96 and you know, I'm, I was born in 95. So I had one year of my life that I can't remember that Derek Jeter was the shortstop for the New York Yankees. It was traumatizing. It was traumatizing to see him retire. And that's like the same thing with Albert Pujols for as long as I can remember, Albert Pujols has been the God of hitting. It's this right. guy. And obviously there's been a downturn, but you know, I still remember the years when Albert Pujols was the machine, the original machine. And now DJ LeMahieu has kind of usurped that nickname. Ooh, that's a $5 word right there. Usurped. Ooh, geez. All I know is that Albert Pujols did have a pretty good, this is sports center commercial with the whole machine thing. So I definitely enjoyed that. Those commercials were the bomb. Oh, they were so good. So good. There were so many. And I, I think I saw on, must've been on ESPN or something. Uh, they showed like a special with 
how they came up with those commercials and stuff like that. But I was in a restaurant, so I couldn't really watch it. So I kind of just watched it. I was like, oh my God, I remember that. I remember that one too. I remember so my, my so favorite good. one was Jorge Posada and David Ortiz in the conference room. And Ortiz is like, yeah, this this doesn't really look like a ball player's hat, man. And Jorge's like, well, I'm a catcher. I never wear that thing. <laughs> Jorge, oh yeah, let me try this on. And then Wally just pops up behind, just the worst look on his face. I can't even imagine how hard it was to get a mascot to show that much emotion. <laughs> he just drops everything and stands there. And it's, <laughs> my heart broke, even Wally, though obviously. It's not what it looks like, Wally. <laughs> There's so many good ones. I do have to say one of my favorite ones, RIP Steve Irwin, but his commercial was so good when he's talking to, must have been Stuart Scott, talking to someone and they're getting ready for the elevator. And all of a sudden the uh, freaking, I don't, the Florida Gator comes out. (laughs) Have you ever seen that one? I have. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen all of them. He's like, Oh, she's a big one. (laughs) I've actively sought out like the highlight reel, like the the yeah. compilation of the ESPN. This oh, sports. I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely gonna do that again. Um, uh, what was the other one I was just thinking of? Uh, I I can't remember now. Oh, uh, I had a, another side note. Uh, off, not really off topic, but uh, some some person today tweeted out the video of Aaron Judge throwing that laser to second base. Uh, when Didi Gregorio was still a shortstop. Yeah. So this is what I'm talking about. ESPN's hyping up this play, and this is not even what you're supposed to do. And just everybody replies, quote tweets, dragging this person. Being like, this was literally the most perfect throw I have ever seen. I've never seen a right. baseball play made this well since that moment. That was just Didi absolutely didn't perfect. have to move his glove at all. Yeah, and you just perfect one hop right to yeah. the glove right in time and throw it at 90 miles per hour flat-footed like it's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is just amazing at everything. And I, I will tolerate no Aaron that. Judge slander. All right. I think I think I'm done with baseball. I think I I think I got all the baseball out and, and a nice I think so too. A nice tangent about the this is Sports Center commercials that I'm going to watch tonight. <laughs> oh yes, I'm not going to bed tonight. I'm just going to watch those all night long. Awesome. I remember the Eli Manning and Peyton Manning one, you know, I, cause I have a brother too. And that's exactly how we would be in like a public setting, just like pushing oh each other gosh. behind our parents. There's just, there's so many, like even the freaking, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. The, the one where, uh, the, where they get in the elevator and or the elevator door opens and the uh, the devil mascot is in there and they're like, you going up? And he's nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's going to be great. I'm going to we're going to need to to recap this next week on the podcast, dude. Uh, top 10. Now that we've we're going to do our research and we're going to recap yeah, yeah, over yeah. the top. We'll, 10. we'll get it all figured out. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Uh, all right. So I think that'll that'll wrap it up for us this week then. And unless you have any final points. No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. The Yankees are back. Uh, who do we have this weekend? I don't know. Uh, the Nats, right? The Nats, right. Because Corey Kluber, Max Scherzer. So that's this mm-hmm. weekend. I'm feeling pretty good about that series. And we'll see y'all next week. Sounds good to me. 